Welcome to BSD Talk, number 47. It's Tuesday, May 23rd, 2006. Some people have asked why I publish my podcasts in MP3 format instead of something like AUG, which is not encumbered by patents and licensing issues. And uh, it's really just a matter of being lazy. And what's most simple for me, producing these podcasts does take some effort. I really would like to do AUG files, but in my mind, a podcast is really a podcast if there's an RSS feed that you can subscribe to, not just posting um, sound files on the internet. And I host my podcast, at least the blog side of it, at Blogspot, which does produce an RSS feed for me automatically through an attachment link. The problem is there's only one attachment link, so I can't create an automatic RSS feed for both MP3 and AUG. I had to pick one or the other. And just going with, you know, what's most common, MP3 files, uh, most hardware devices, car MP3 players, things like that, do support MP3 files legally because they're licensed for it. It is obviously a little more difficult if you're living in the open source world or the free software world where you can't legally, at least in the United States or other countries that enforce the software patents, um, you can't get a legal MP3 player without paying a royalty fee. So I got to work on it, figure out what I can do. I, I really, I hear you. I would prefer to go all open source, but what to do? I don't know. Anyway, uh, now on to the interview. Today on BSD Talk, we have Dan Langell, and we've spoke to you before prior to BSD Can, and I just wanted to get you back on the podcast and maybe do a little follow-up and find out how everything went. Thank you for your interest. I appreciate it. You've had a week, roughly, to recover, so hopefully uh, it wasn't uh, too crazy for you. Maybe you could give us a brief description of how it was this year versus last year. This year, it was actually a lot easier than last year. This year, it was the third time for BSD CAN and the second time in the new location. So actually, it was a lot less stressful than last year, and I actually got to see four talks in one day, and uh, I was pretty impressed with that, being able to see talks at my own conference. The numbers were up. The numbers I had during the conference, I thought it was going to be about 180, 190 people, but looking at the numbers I have here, it's over 210, but that, that's yet to be confirmed. I, I still have to go through it and find out who registered on the day and stuff like that and go through it. But all in all, I was quite impressed with the number of people that turned up, the countries they came from, and the quality of the speakers. I, I had good feedback from people that attended talks that I couldn't get to. So I'm happy, and um, I'm glad it's over, but we've already started planning for 2007. All right, so that, that would have been my next question. Will there be another one? Yes, there will be. The program committee started talking about speakers and ideas for BSG CAN 2007 uh, a week or three before BSG CAN 2006 started off. One of the things that we want to try and do is get a few more user land speakers and not necessarily just BSD developers and users. Yeah, one question some people may have is, you know, how you 
choose your speakers, get your speakers, uh, how that mix develops. So maybe you could describe that a little bit. Well, we have a program committee, and we try and get uh, people from each of the major projects on the program committee. The goal of the program committee is to solicit people, prod them if they haven't put in a submission, and make sure that we try and get as many papers from all the different projects as we can. It's very difficult. We've accepted every single NetBSD and OpenBSD paper that's ever been proposed, yet we still don't have enough. I think we need more of them, but it's kind of difficult to get them because people aren't offering to write them. And do the speakers come on their own dime? Some speakers uh, do come. They either pay their own way or their company pays their own way, in which case we consider the, the speaker's company a sponsor and we acknowledge them as such. But for the most part, um, we try and help the speakers as much as we can with accommodation and travel. Sometimes the FreeBSD Foundation helps out. Sometimes other groups help out. But although we, we provide them travel and accommodation, we don't pay them. And that's very significant in terms of getting into the country through immigration. If we paid our speakers, they would be working while they're in Canada. And that is often a problem with immigration. And you mentioned getting a user land track. What other changes might you be doing for next year? One of the things that we'd like to do is find sponsors for lunch on the Friday and Saturday. Not only would a paid lunch benefit the attendees' collective pocketbook, but it would allow everyone to remain in one spot at the conference venue and mingle and talk. The social side of BSD Can is widely known, and the ability to, to mingle and talk with people that you've only ever heard of before and who you're seeing speak for the first time and develop a working relationship with these people can't be underestimated. It's one of the foundations of, of all open source projects. You also mentioned that you did get to go to a couple presentations, which uh, is a wonderful freedom to have when you uh, get some time available. Maybe you could describe what those were and which ones really struck you the most. I went to Mark Lindemann's talk on Portsmon, which is a, a huge comprehensive monitoring system for the FreeBSD ports tree. Mark's done an incredible amount of work uh, to link PRs to ports and monitor progress, status, and the health of various ports. And it's a really great tool for the FreeBSD port maintainers in order to find out if there's any problems that they should be aware of. I run Fresh Ports, which is similar but a totally different track in terms of monitoring ports. And so that was where my personal interest lay, and that's what I wanted to, wanted to attend. Is BSD CAN ever going to become a one of those big money, flashy expos? Is that something that you want to do, or are you trying to keep it a different flavor or feeling? This year was the first year that we had several major sponsors. Um, Usenix and the FreeBSD Foundation both helped out with considerable sponsorship. Press.com provided the T-shirts, which we were able to give away this year instead of sell. Also, iX Systems was there. Sure, we're not getting companies like IBM and AMD and Apple and Intel, stuff like that, but, but it would be great if they, they approached us and wanted to get involved. Sponsors like that would certainly relieve the pressure involved with organizing the conference, which is pretty much a full-time job for several months before and a few weeks after. So having funding like that would certainly keep my life going during that time, but it's not a goal. The main goal I have is to continue to have 
a small, friendly social conference where people can get together and discuss the work that they're doing. And these people that are getting together and discussing their work, where are they coming from? We had a whole lot from Canada, not surprising. We had about 140 people from within Canada. We had about 60, no, sorry, 73 from the States. We had six people from Japan, about a dozen or 20 from Europe. All up, we had about um, 14 different countries, and we had 18 different states arrive for BSC Camp. I guess some people went through some considerable expense to get there. Hmm. It's not cheap to get here from Japan, that's for sure. Now, do you attend any other conferences? People might be able to uh, you know, meet up with you if they go to these conferences. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, at the end of the month, I'm going to Boston to attend Usenex ATC. And then I think it's next month is OSCon. I'm going to that. And if time and money permit, I also want to go to EuroBSDCon, which will be a first for me. And AsiaBSDCon is going to be held, I think, next year. And I want to go to it as well if I can. That's good to see that these conferences are out there and increasing oh, people's yeah. interest in BSD. All right. Well, perhaps ranging a little bit away from BSDCan, uh, but I just wanted to get your thoughts you know, being a, a BSD user developer, you know, would it be good to have a company like Sun or IBM or something like a Novell or Red Hat pushing a distribution of BSD? Well, as a software developer and someone who does contracting and provides services to clients, what I'd like to see is a company not producing their own flavor of BSD but providing support for an existing BSD. That way, I could propose to clients that, listen, you've got, if anything goes wrong, you've got the backing of this huge multinational corporate, and they're, they're there to fall back on if you need them. One thing that companies like to do is reduce risk, and some of them are willing to pay a great deal of money in order to reduce that risk to an acceptable level. And they don't have that option at the moment with BSD, as far as I can tell. So having a big company providing support for, for BSD, yes, I'd like that. And I'm interested in talking to companies that would like to know more about that because I've got some good ideas. Well, thank you very much for all the work and effort that you put in, you know, along with all the other people who are working on BSD Can. From what I hear, it's always been a wonderful event. I hope someday to actually be able to have a first-person account of it. <laughs> thank you. We look forward to you being able to come, actually. All right. Great. Well, thank you very much. Okay, you're welcome. If you'd like to leave comments on the website or reach the show archives, you can find them at bsdtalk.blogspot.com. Or if you'd like to send me an email, you can reach me at bitgeist at yahoo.com. That's B-I-T-G-E-I-S-T at yahoo.com.